Future with Finland is a series of podcasts from Invest in Finland, looking at the unique business research and development and innovation landscape in Finland. Invest in Finland is part of Business Finland, the country's official innovation funding, trade, investment and travel promotion organisation. The podcast series will cover a range of subjects from health data, AI, digitalization, through to smart cities, twin transition and sustainable manufacturing with a range of internationally focused experts sharing their experiences within the country and explaining how their companies have achieved success there. My name is Roy Meredith, Senior Advisor for Invest in Finland in the UK, and I will be your host for the series. Today we're discussing health data in Finland, a country unique in having 100% penetration of digital health data about its population, which it's held for several decades, and available for companies to utilise in research and development. In this podcast, we'll hear how the ease of recruiting highly talented people, the stable and trustworthy society, high education standards, open and clear regulations, and the size of the country in allowing effective networking are all hugely beneficial to health research and development. We're joined by a panel that I can best describe politely as heavyweights within the industry. Johanna Makala, Director of Research and Services of FinBB, the Finnish Biobank Cooperative, which is building an internationally high standard biobank network in Finland. FinBB's mission is to enhance the competitive of Finnish health and biomedical research by providing researchers a centralized base to access the collections and services of the Finnish biobanks and their background organizations. Johanna's career has been entirely focused on data in medicine and health. She joined FinBB as Director of Research and Services after working as a biobank director at Finnish Clinical Biobank and Head of Department at Tampere University Hospital. We also warmly welcome Jussi Leidenen, an expert clinical data scientist from the pharma giant Bayer, which has the Nordic HQ and largest global clinical trial research centre in Espoo, Finland, and R&D and production factory based in Turku, which is focusing on producing polymer-based pharmaceuticals and long-acting contraceptives. Turku is Bayer's global centre of expertise and one of Bayer's most important pharmaceutical plants globally. Bayer is building a new pharmaceutical facility in Turku and at the same time modernising its existing production plant. Yusi has worked at Bayer for four years after many years of work as a clinical practitioner under several therapeutic areas combined with research experience in basic and preclinical regenerative medicine. In his current position as clinical data scientist at Bayer's Global R&D, he's responsible for managing and leading portfolio of data insights, projects and initiatives in clinical research. In addition, we're joined as co-host by my Business Finland colleague, Talia Anala, Senior Advisor, Health and Wellbeing, and Lead for Investing Finland Activities in the Health Industry. Welcome to you all. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast looks at data in health in Finland. Various areas of technology, such as AI, machine learning, data, IoT, and others, are important digital elements to every industry sector. But I think it's fair to say that clean, precise, and large data banks are more vital, probably critical, to the health industry than any other. Whilst this podcast looks at health data in Finland, which are highly relevant to both your activities in the country, you probably approach these in slightly different ways. So we'll probably kick off with a question aimed at you individually, and then and then we'll discuss things in a broader aspect. So for you, see, how key is access to a huge amount of data for bio? And how much is it a consideration when planning research projects or international collaborations? So definitely the huge amount of data is, is one aspect of looking at. So we, we, of course, need data to be able to plan and complete clinical trials and also preclinical research. 
but basically the quality is even, I would say, maybe even more important that the data quality is high. That's basically something what we are looking, looking from Finland, that the, not maybe the quantity is not the highest, but the quality is. And, and then for Johanna at FinBB, you just mentioned the quality of, uh, of data. How does that access to accurate and comprehensive data encourage collaboration amongst your members? Could you tell us how the research process goes forward? with regards to that data and with regards to collaboration? Yes, I'm happy to happy to describe that in more detail. So uh, as you mentioned, the accurate and comprehensive data, it's the key to everything. So it's not always about the amount of the data, but the data that, that is actually used for the research should be accurate and comprehensive. And the unique opportunity that we have in Finland is that we can also collect longitudinal data that, that can be accessed through our healthcare system and through the biobanks as well. So what we do at the FinBB uh, is that we offer a one-access shop for easy access to the Finnish biopack materials, meaning both the samples and the data, but of, of course also the study participants. That is one unique aspect of how the data itself can drive into new research ideas and research projects. So through our FinGenius, you asked me to briefly describe the uh, pathway on how we can serve the researchers. So the first thing is that the FinGenius is for both academic and industry-driven projects. Both researchers are very welcome to use our services, services in FinGenius. And we have our services catalog is consisting of three different services currently. So first we have the availability service where you can have a fast screening of sample and data availability for your research needs. Uh, then we have the feasibility service that is a more deep-dived feasibility in what is what is doable for your project, how the data, how the samples can be used, and whether you want to move forward with the idea or, or not. And then the third one is the access services. So if you are happy with the feasibility request, then you can move on to the access, access services phase. And the uh, one great thing about FinGenius is that you can, with one access request, you can contact all the Finnish biobanks, uh, the public Finnish biobanks, and you only need one contract, meaning that you will only sign a one MTA for all the Finnish biobanks. No need to do separate agreements. So that is something that is of vital importance if we think about uh, how to gain new projects and how to actually make research happen here in Finland. And But as I said, the, the comprehensive and accurate data, it's, it, all these services are built upon that. So the sample itself is really interesting, but without the data, it's really not, not that interesting anymore. So actually the data will then add, add the value of also with the sample and it will then create sort of like a basis for these services that, that I just described that we are developing as part of FinGenius. My understanding is FinGenius is quite unique, certainly in Europe, if not the world. Is, is, that, that, that is correct, isn't it? Yes. Well, at least to our knowledge, it's, it's the, the only one in Europe, at least. So it was the first one and it's still the only one. And its uniqueness is because it's a, if you like, a, a one-stop shop. That yes. thing you mentioned of having one access and you get access to all the public biobanks. Yes, that is true. So that is very unique approach to have this sort of like one-stop access to all the, all the public biobanks through one, one window. And have you test cases of how that has benefited a, a company? 
Yeah, well, actually, we, we do have quite a lot. Uh, we have made uh, over 400 projects. So the FinGenius has been up and running since 2019. And since then, we have had over 400 projects and over 500 registered users. About two-thirds of these are academic projects, and then one-third of these are industry-driven. So I think that we have quite a nice number of research conducted already with the help of Ingenious and Finnish biobanks. So for UC, I understand you are beginning a future clinical trials project and looking for collaborative partners. What are you looking for from these partners, and what are the key drivers for clinical trials? and your work within health uh, data-related operations? Yes, we, we started a year ago a project which, which is called Future Clinical Trials, uh, led by Bayer. We aim to have an ecosystem approach, so we are looking for, for other companies to join us in, in this mission of bringing the clinical trials to the future, which is basically, from our perspective, more patient-centricity and more data-driven. So from the data-driven perspective, access to health data is really critical. What we are looking from these partners is that, of course, they are uh, like complementing each other and, and that they are like, um, usually now our partners has been like quite early or, or let's say mid-stage of their uh, like company maturation. So they are not, not like similar sizes buyers. So we are like building up this ecosystem with smaller partners, but we are of course, open to look for bigger ones as well. I actually forgot to maybe reply the the, the last question uh, about how important it is, or how consider how do we consider where to do research or projects in, internationally, and does data affect that? So, I, of course, in this this specific case, future clinical trials, this is the biggest. I would say one of the biggest, if not the biggest, the reason why we are doing the project in Finland is this health data ecosystem what is already here and and what johanna said is this holistic view data from birth to death how do you say so especially with the diseases where you would expect to still have a longer life expectancy it is really like critical to have data which actually tells you what happens to the patient so we can also create this kind of a sustainable like treatments to the patient so it's not only about kind of a uh, like curing symptoms, but it would to have a long-term effect so that we can use the data to kind of support our decisions in, in research. So in Finland, we have Genome and Biobank Law, and in May 2019, approved Act of on Secondary Use of Health and Social Data. So is legislation in data a hurdle, or have you found Finland's approach in this regard helpful? Johanna, you can go first. Well, can I answer yes and no? So, so basically, uh, the legislation that that we have is it's highly needed and uh, it's of course very valuable. And I think it's a really good thing that there is the legislation that is sort of like setting up the boundaries and actually that there is there is the guidance that what we can do and how we can do. So we have the certain processes on, for example, how to access a certain kind of data or how to access biobank samples and data or do a reconducting study. But then currently, I think that we are struggling with, with some aspects of the legislation, but it's not because of the legislation, but may, maybe because of the uh, implementation of that legislation or the resourcing behind those. So, for example, 
long timelines, they can be sometimes a hurdle for new research projects if they are looking at really long timelines in, for example, approval of those, their requests. So then I think that that can then be a hurdle. But I think that the in principle, it's a very highly needed and valuable thing. We just sort of have to find our way through through those hurdles that we might currently have. Thanks. And then you see. So, like I said, I think the secondary use of health data legislation definitely is something which is which is kind of from our perspective really unique and has a great potential, really great potential, because it it kind of removes many hurdles which are created by these data silos. Like how how can you create a holistic view if you have silos of data everywhere? Then so this secondary use of health data can do this really that you they can it can connect these these different parts so it i think it's really really something unique here and also kind of a, um, i'm really looking forward that we can also through this project what we are doing and our work to kind of develop it further and like like what johanna said there is some some operational things which should be worked together out so it it would make it even more appealing uh the situation this whole landscape so i i I also think that the, this is a really good direction where we are going. Would you both agree that as the world moves faster and faster, data, machine learning, AI, etc., that actually poor legislation actually impedes progress because of the need for faster and faster results? Would that be another benefit of having strong legislation that's not bureaucratic? Yeah, at least to my my opinion, I think that that is the case because I think it's it's really, as I said before, it's really good to have the boundaries and and sort of like a straight processes on on how to do things right. As as you mentioned, that there would be no no more silos of data, but but it would be a, this holistic approach would be possible. And for that, uh, the legislation is needed and it's there now in place. So now we just have to work around a few practical things to get it even better. I would say. And, and I think like Finland, is, it's also from European perspective, we are really in the front lines here. And from the, our company perspective, uh, we don't see many other options inside Europe to do this kind of research. So it, it is really uh, unique. And of course, this is something which should be now like really put fast forward so we can really get, get the fruit out of this great kind of um, progress what we have. And I think that, uh, for example, this pandemic that we have now, it has actually shown that, for example, the Finnish biobanks, they can, they have capabilities to operate in this sort of like a moving, moving environment. So, for example, during the pandemic, the operations in the biobanks, they haven't changed that much. They have been able to keep up with their sample collections and their projects. And actually, we have seen an even an increase in the projects. So I think that would also speak on behalf that that it's very important to be able to fit the way we are working into what is the current situation so i think that uh, also with the with these aspects in mind it's really good to be agile to to be able to go go forward with these projects and and enable science in finland as well i think that's an important point you raised there both of you with regards to the pandemic and the need need to act fast and the you know, I prompted you with a question about legislation and how important that was to consider this, but also that access to the quality of data that UC mentioned earlier and, and 
the comment as well from Johanna, which is almost that countries are waking up to this and we do need to, to move so much faster in, in so many industries, but health critically. Finland is a country based on trust and openness, and this is reflected in the attitude towards open data. However, in other countries, there exists a lack of trust around data through false information and conspiracy theories and and via data manipulation. As there are both real and image fears, uh, how important is societal trust in the use of health data? Does it have an impact to your work? Uh, well, if I be, if I speak on behalf of FinBB and Finnish biobanks, uh, it's a very vital aspect of of our everyday procedures because all the things that we uh, we are doing, everything is based on trust in the societal trust and people giving out the biobank consents and agreeing to these kind of research activities. So for biobanks, the societal trust is it's very vital in our work. And yeah, I'm also very happy that in Finland we have the trust of the citizens and the society. And I think that is something that we must value. We will have that in future as well. Is that an important consideration for buyer as well? Definitely. So we, we always want to act responsibly and transparently. And we have found that Finnish really this whole uh, like ecosystem or the, uh, it supports this kind of a transparent communication. What we see also in with our partners in the project. So it, it is kind of a really easy. Also, I appre- appreciate or we appreciate that the, it has a benefits when you're a small country. So like you can go and discuss with different authorities and, and, and stakeholders quite directly so that makes things easier anyway like from a clinical trial perspective we at buyer really evaluate like data privacy all the data kind of like this we have to validate our approach how we do how do we make handle data how the data moves from one place to another it's all documented always really well because that's all needed when you submit like this your research results to the authority, health authorities. So it, we really admire, and in the clinical research, it's it's one of the cr- most critical things for us is to handle the data reliably. And uh, and of course, from our perspective, that should decrease this kind of uh, thinking that there there could be some fraud or some kind of uh, like uh, let's say like some kind of manipulation done with the data that if every step is documented very well definitely this is something what 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 is kind of always needed especially when handling with the really kind of highly highly sensitive health data and finland also prides itself on ecosystems and genuine open collaboration between companies and public research organizations the complex and long-term research and development work in healthcare sector requires collaboration and cooperation between companies and universities in order to succeed. How have your companies benefited from collaboration? For example, inside uh, inside the, this future clinical trials project, we work with companies and also academic institutes. So especially in, in, in the area of uh, artificial intelligence or the advanced algorithms, a pharma company or pharmaceutical companies like Bio, we don't have so long track record of, of utilizing these new technologies. So it, it is kind of a really required to have this open innovations fair where you can really work with academia 
you can uh, do write publications with them and of course I think it a lot increases this transparency because when you do work with academia, it's always kind of a, the idea is to publish everything and also regarding the, the actual data used. So you will actually, you will always kind of openly tell what data is used and so forth. So I think that's really critical. And for what we're looking for from companies, it, it goes a little bit like the same area. So, so when, <clears throat> for example, thinking about oh, sustainable health data or data data science it's all about how to create like common data models how to create these kind of open platforms to, to collaborate so there's a lot which we can learn from these these smaller companies or companies from other sectors so so uh, i think this is the future in many many ways Great, and, and I guess same same question to you, Johanna. Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, I think the collaboration is is everything. And when I think about the Finnish biobanks and FinBB, of course, when Finland is a small country, so so it's very vital that we all work together. So we build up these networks of collaborations and ecosystems to actually benefit all all the things that we can offer. So if we think about, for example, Europe, Finland is always a very, very small con- country in compared to the other countries. So the collaboration then, I think it's very crucial for us to actually succeed. I think that, for example, the FinGenius that, that provides the gateway to the Finnish biobanks and biomedical research, it's actually a, one of our success stories in related to collaboration, because that is the way that we now all work together, all the biobanks and all our background organizations and with the companies and with the academic researchers. So I think that is one nice uh, success story on what we have achieved already during these, these collaborations. We are all working together for the same goal. And of course, with the biobanks, the goal is, is to enable science. And in the uh, long run, we want to make sure that patients will get a better care in the future so that we will actually be able to bring some benefits to the to the patients that are suffering from different kind of diseases and this cannot be done without collaboration between academia between industry but also between the various other stakeholders that we have you know we've talked to the importance of that quality of data we've talked of ecosystems and, and collaborations as well and and trust and openness but Effective research, clinical trials, and innovation within health needs probably needs more than that. What what other areas does Finland, as a either as a country or a society, offer companies and organisations to become more effective and, and more successful? Are there other areas that we haven't touched on that you you that would immediately spring to mind with you, and you go, oh yeah, no, you know that's that's massively important for our our operations. At, at least what I see. That I already said that because we are a small country, it actually it's easy to get to know all the experts in your field and then easy way, for example, from buyer's perspective, how we can recruit new employees, for example, from Finland. If It, it is quite easy to know where to look for, basically. The Finnish society is really stable. They're like There's a, let's say, like a low risk that there is some some large disaster happening which would cause serious problems for the operations uh, so that's one aspect as well which i think should be taken account from global enterprises thinking thinking of uh, like expanding somewhere in the inside europe so i think that's kind of really something really kind of good in nordics of course 
Johanna, are there other, other areas that you think are, are really quite yeah. an Im- important consideration for yourself? Yeah, well, I think that you see very nicely highlighted the, the things that are really important for, for Finland and, and for FinBB and our organization as well. If we think about more of our own operations than, than what is really then unique in Finland, then we come back to the legislation for the Biobank Act, for example, that is enabling uh, these sort of biobanking activities. And it's we probably take it for granted, but but it's actually a major asset in that sense. And for example, the possibility to recontact patients, that is the, the one unique opportunity that Finland has to offer that, that the other countries they uh, normally don't have. And then if we go to the population level, I'd like to maybe highlight, this is probably very familiar to everyone, but still I think it needs to be said that the uniqueness of Finnish population, that we, we come from this bottleneck of a very low number of uh, low number of individuals and then we have started to growing up from there and the genetic pool it's, it's very unique in Finland so that also enables some some very specific studies studies be done here that cannot be done elsewhere that's a good good thing to be brought up because it could be thought of a negative thing or a positive thing and i i personally think it's a positive thing the reality is that usually it's not enough to have one data set or one data source. So it's not enough for many things that you only do it in Finland. You should replicate the results to validate it or other way around. That That is the truth. But basically, because of the homogeneity, we could think that that would make actually appealing to do new re- a lot of new research, actually even clinical trials in Finland, because that would enable you to better use the real world data as well, because you could think that there's not any kind of a confounding geno- genomic alterations happening. It's like you're basically something you cannot really easily track. Like basically, how do you, because nowadays it's yet not so common to get genomic footprints from people, or no, fingerprints from people, but maybe in the future it will be, but still it's in the not yet there, let's say. It, as a clinician, I could think that, yeah, it's maybe not there that I will primary care provider take a genomic sample from my patient and then think about his or her medications related to that genomic fingerprint, not yet there. But basically now when we have this homogeneity, you could be quite, let's say there's less uh, less uh, like a problem there that you you don't know because you know it they are quite homogenic. <laughs> so uh, so it, it is a little bit complicated, but but I like I said it's it's not always maybe like I said it's more positive than negative thing nowadays. I think we have to keep in mind the restrictions that it poses. So then then we are able to use the positive sides of it. So we have to be bear in mind what are the uh, sort of like positive things around it and what are what then then can be maybe considered as something that is limiting on what we can do so i think that it's just important to keep in mind that it's there all the time affecting all, all of our patients and their journeys and the research project that we do sometimes i think it can be also considered that for some effects uh, one research done in finland you would only need a a smaller amount of patients to be able to detect detect something because there is, as you you see described, so there is homogeneous around it. So it can be it can be a positive thing as well. Uh, what what amazes me is I can walk down the street in in Helsinki with a colleague, and he or she will say hello to to six people, and I say, how do you know them? Oh, we all we all used to work at Nokia, or all that sort of stuff, and it is an incredibly <laughs> networked 
society, it's almost like everybody knows everybody else. Um, and also, of course, I've worked in three countries in my life. Um, I, I won't say what they are. Well, obviously one of them is the UK, but I don't want to tarnish the other two. Um, and that um, kind of stable and trusting society. You know, in those three other countries, there's two things that everybody talks about. The weather and with some negativity about politics. In Finland, nobody talks like that. It's just like, oh, well, you know, the government just gets on with things and, yeah, we're fine with it and all this sort of stuff. And it, it's so, it is such a refreshing country to go to with that regard. And 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 and, um, and then there's the saunas and the partying as well, which always helps. So, so <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing as well. As you know, our work in Invest in Finland... And indeed, these this podcast uh, series that we're we're doing, we, we look to provide compelling reasons and information about Finland that why companies would look to locate or expand their operations there. So I'm going to throw you in at the deep end with this this final question: Is what would you say Finland provides to companies looking at international expansion? And are there unique advantages within Finland that you've found for your organisations? A little bit trickier. For Johanna to answer that last one, so I'll give her time to think about it and find that directly at UC first of all. First of all, I I see like Bayer is in a kind of a special position here because we have a big global global R and D site inside Finland. Because of that, we had a lot of communication with our global HQ R and D HQ as well. So uh, that that makes us easy to bring the message forward basically, and and that's kind of a I would say it's it's really helpful to have this unit in Finland because even if we have one sh- one uh, one shop place like Finginius, we have FinData, but there is special things always in in a culture or society. So it helps to have people who actually know how things work, even if they usually work well, but they know how things work. How should you communicate? And they know that this network, like you said, like they know a lot of people already. So that makes us easier, I think, to run also this kind of a project here in Finland. So I think it's a really big benefit for our organization as whole because we 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 are here, we have a unit, and we can then utilize this kind of uh, all this great potential and 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 know how and so forth what we have in Finland. Excellent, Johanna. What about you? Do you, what do you see as beneficial for international operations coming to Finland? Yeah, well, I think that I have a long list <laughs> on what is a beneficial. But yeah, uh, I could start with the cooperation and the networking. So as we already described, so we are a, we are a small country. So so we have a network of uh, scientists and network of expertise uh, built here. And because we are such a small country, we we know the persons to go next to and talk to. And so it's really easy to start a collaboration here. I would say. Uh, then the other thing, a very important thing, is that this societal trust that we already spoke before. So because the people are really positive towards science and biomedical research, so there is this positive attitude in the in the public in general. So then I think that is one key asset as well. So it's easier to conduct studies here because the people think that they are great, and it's a very good thing that the research is done in, in Finland. Then. Public health care, I, I cannot emphasize that uh, in, enough. I think it's such a great thing and it actually enables all these actions that, that we do, for example, in, in the uh, research projects. So it, it sort of uh, builds up the 
foundation to have the high quality data for research use and have the longitudinal data that follows up from the uh, birth to, to death almost and, and all the diagnosis between that and all the treatments in, in between that person's life. So I think that is, that is then one major advantage which, which we Finns always take for granted, I would say. So we probably don't value that enough. Uh, then the legislation, as we already spoke, so, so we have the legislation in place and, and we have uh, this guidance on how to do things and it's, it's very clear on that, that behalf. And then, of course, uh, the, the very unique things is that because we have the Biobanking Act, we can also do the recontacting studies. And as I mentioned, those are very unique and cannot be done, done anywhere else. And for example, if you think about international collaborator that would think about doing a, a clinical trial in Finland, so uh, in a normal setting, uh, they would have to access, for example, or ask for consents from 1,000 participants to be able to enroll 100 participants to the study. So I think it, it's, it really is amazing that we could actually do this sort of like targeted uh, recontacting. And instead of recontacting 1,000 1, patients, we would be fine in recontacting the 100 patients because we would know that those ones would be perfect fit for that clinical trial. And I think that is quite cool if we can go from recruiting 1,000 participants to actually to target those into 100 that are very likely to be good fit for that clinical trial. And, and then the patients will, will also get the benefit from that. Yeah, I want, I want still to add, I think I mentioned it before, but like there is a lot of talent in Finland as well, especially in the data science and, and the technology side. So I think, I think we are really competitive here for, for being able to like create these special specialist units here uh, for, for many purposes, but for our pharma, pharma where we kind of uh, are more focusing more and more on the data science and how to apply more data, better data to our making our decisions and so forth. So, so that's, and, and the second, like what I also already mentioned is the social stability. You could, you could like forecast what is happening inside Finland and, and it's not some, like there's no major changes usually happening so that that makes it easy to kind of uh, basically start expanding your presence in Finland because you can make this reliable forecasting so to the future and i i could maybe add one one more thing that we also have a background in building these public private partnerships that are really important for for everyone to drive their initiatives forward and and bring the next success stories. I think those are, are, are of vital importance to Finland, those public-private partnerships that we can build together. They're all very compelling reasons and something that we should all keep shouting from the rooftops because I know from experience as soon as companies and individuals hear these things and realise that actually they're all true, that they become very, very interested in in. Finland and, and, and how to access the country. You know, I've worked in this kind of industry for the past however many years, and all those things you mentioned, talent, these regulations, the stable society where things don't change, the ease of networking, they're all critical to people. They won't go somewhere unless they have all of those things you've mentioned. So, and then to find them in one place is a rarity. Um, and, and, um, and, you know, 
Finland just ticks ticks every box. It's, it's an extraordinary country um, in that regard. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. On that high note of saying how brilliant the country is, which is, of course, what I should be ending on. So I'd like to thank you both, Yussi. Thank you very much for today. And likewise, Johanna, thank you also uh, for today. It's been a pleasure talking to you and I wish you both very well for the future. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Many thanks for tuning in and we look forward to welcoming you to our other podcast, Looking at the Future with Finland. For more information about business opportunities, research, development and innovation, funding, partnerships and collaborations, please visit our website www.investinfinland.fi and follow us, Invest in Finland, on Twitter and LinkedIn.